it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is brought to you by CHC Business and Tax Solutions, Inc. Contact us today at 248-802-5571 or at our website at chcbts.com. That's chcbts.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had an awesome time interviewing Dana Mott. Dana is just so full of knowledge. We talked about skincare. We talked about hair care. We talked about the business side of beauty. So this was a very interesting conversation. Um, I felt like I had been knowing Dana forever. She's such a kindred spirit. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. She is a wealth of knowledge. And we really touched on a lot of different things. Here's a little bit of Dana's bio. Dana is a wife, mom, licensed esthetician, and health enthusiast. Her associate in applied science triggered her interest in the human body and function. For the past 15 years, she has used her background to educate in the beauty industry on how the body works together by combining both nature and science. In 2016, Dana launched Lady Day LLC, and she has several different branches, the DNA Wellness, Oil City Squad, and Matrepreneurs that all embody different aspects of community, health, and wellness. She specializes in skincare, hair care, essential oils, child development, body function, diet, and self-care. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview I had with Dana, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest, Dana. Welcome, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Also glad to have you on here today. So, Dana, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Hmm. Okay. I thought about this really hard. So I would say my favorite genre of music is actually country music. And oh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, um, hey, we all have something that we like. Now, I cannot get into country, Dana. Oh, my God. I can't get into it. I don't know. I have like a country song or two in my day, but it's just not something that I would listen to regularly. So that's interesting that you like country music. How did you get into country music? So the funny thing is actually um, even my, a lot of my family is from the South. Um, And so a lot of areas like that would be all the music that they could listen to. Um, But what I really like about country music is their storylines. So it's funny because my husband is actually a musician, like he loves music and, you know, for him, he can't get with country music either. But he always said he thinks the difference is for him, he's a musician, whereas I like more poetry. And so what I like a lot about country music is they have storylines and there's a rhythm to the music. Um, so, so for me, I, it, it's the stories that draws me. It's, it's the, um, they're, they're telling something and there's always like morals to the story at the end of, of songs and stuff like that. So, so really that's what I enjoy the most about it. 
That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it kind of almost reminds you of blues in a way, because blues usually told an interesting story, but it was always a sad one, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And I love I like blues too. Like so so funny thing, just side note. So one of my nicknames is Young Lady Day because I spell my name Dana with a Y. Um, and it's a spinoff of Billie Holiday, uh, Lady Day Sings the Blues. So, oh. <laughs> so I love blues, like again, because I love storylines. Awesome. So that is so interesting. <laughs> well, I can't relate there, but I do love music. <laughs> but I like jazz. A lot of people don't like jazz. Some people say it puts them to sleep, but I actually love jazz. So maybe people might think my music is boring too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fun stuff, fun stuff. So tell us about your business. So you're an esthetician and a health enthusiast. Tell us a little bit about your business and everything. Yeah. So, so really, um, my company is DNA Wellness. Um, and so it's really an education based business. Um, so we're very much into educating people, organizations. Um, we work a lot with like salons and spas um, because my passion really is in skincare, hair care. Um, for me, um, I am a licensed esthetician. I'm super, super passionate about um, helping people. Um, I struggled um, when I was younger with my skin. Um, and so it was a, another avenue for me to give back. Um, um, and, and I'm kind of a nerd. So like, I love not only like, oh, it looks good, but I love like investigating the science behind it. So like the layers of the skin and, you know, like, why are you breaking out and what's going on in the body that might be hormones that are changing certain things. Um, so, so really baseline, that is what my business is all about and my company, um, really helping people find solutions, um, and educating. Awesome. Awesome. So how did you get into, uh, like what made you take that route going into aesthetics? Cause I know that can be more like facials and extractions and things like that. Do you like that part of it? Or do you like just maybe understanding, um, the health of the skin and those things? So I love both. So I, so funny thing, I actually originally was going to school to be a physical therapist, um, but halfway through the program, they switched it where I needed to um, get like my doctorate. And I'm like, I'm not about to go to school any more longer than what I've already started. Um, and so my mom actually suggested to me to go for massage therapy. Um, cause she was like, well, you know, it's just a short program. If you hate it, you know, no worries. You just go back to school and finish what you originally were trying to do. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. Um, but like I said, I was having like different skin issues and things like that. And so I was like, well, and, and most of the places that I went that offered like massage, they would have massage, they would have aesthetics, they would have hair. And I was like, you know what? I think I might be a little more interested in learning about skin and like facials and extractions and things like that. Um, so that is actually what I end up doing. I end up going ahead and um, enrolling in a program uh, where I end up loving it. Like I was like, oh my goodness like extractions I'm like let me find something to extract off your face because <laughs> like, I did I just loved it and I and I found like um over time the type of um clients that would gravitate to me would be the ones that would have 
uh, deeper issues than just one or two pimples or, you know, whatnot. They were really looking to um, transform their skin and go a little bit deeper. And so, um, so I just loved it. And I loved that every single person was completely different. Like, I almost felt like every time somebody laid in my bed, like, I just, it was like problem solving. It was like, okay, well, you know, is your skin dry? Is it oily? You know, what exactly does it need? And, you know, trying different things. And, um, and so really, like, I was, I, I'm super passionate um, about the actual um, aesthetics end of it, too. Um, and, and making people feel good, too. Um, I do enjoy that aspect of facials as well. Right. You know, skincare is an interesting thing because depending on like how you grew up or, you know, or what you were taught, a lot of, a lot of people look at it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, working in the cosmetic industry myself, I've talked to a lot of people cause I studied aesthetics as well, but to be completely transparent, I love learning about skincare and understanding the importance of skincare but I mainly wanted to just get into it for the makeup artistry piece. Okay. <laughs> and so just so I could have my license as a skincare professional, but I di- I do understand the importance of taking care of your skin. And a lot of people don't even do the simple things such as cleansing and moisturizing the skin regularly. <laughs> and so like, listen, can you uh, talk to some of the importance of taking care of your skin and all of those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of my biggest things I always tell people is it's so much easier to slow down the process in your skin versus trying to fix it once it's messed up. So um, I encourage people, even at young ages, to at least have a simple skincare regimen. What you use soap-wise on your body is not meant for your face. (laughs) Like, girl, okay. Yes, 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 yes. And then I can't tell you how many people that they're when I say moisturizing, like, oh, well, my skin is oily. So I no, honey, like your pores are open, they're exposed to everything. You have to close all of that back up. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just the simple baseline, I tell everybody make sure you have a cleanser, you want to exfoliate. Um, honestly, you really should use a serum, but if you're not going to go that far, at least have a good quality moisturizer. And, Mm -hmm. and the reality is in the industry, I've always found when you get good quality stuff, it actually lasts a long time. Like you, you only need a little bit. Um, so sometimes when people are like, oh, well, I just want to get some cheap stuff here and there. Yeah. But you blowing through those bottles and it's not even that great for your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's important to listen to your skin, understand how your skin is, um, and then treat it accordingly because, you know, you don't want to wait until you start getting the wrinkles or the breakouts. Um, Because another thing that I would notice a lot of times is I would get older um, people and their skin was so thin and it was so sensitive to everything, but it was so sensitive because it's been years and years and years of neglect right? They've been just slapping whatever on it and, and it's been stripping it and it's been, uh, you know, just going downhill. So it's like, you gotta, gotta like replenish and take care of it um, because it will show up eventually. And I do realize even, you know, a lot of times people say, well, black don't crack. And, and that might be true, but I can't tell you how many of us is still that sensitive thing. They, oh, well, I never had issues. I could wash with everything. And then now my skin is so sensitive. Well, it's because you, you years and years have been neglecting it. So, you know, I always encourage people, you know, even if it's just little small changes you can make, get it, get a better quality cleanser, get a better quality moisturizer. 
I absolutely agree with that. I encourage people the same thing because so many people just need to even start there. I've met a lot of people who don't even wash their face at all, mm-hmm. but they wear a ton of makeup and it, it makes you wonder, you know? Yes, 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 yes. They're like, oh, you wash it every day? Like, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, like and or they're using body body soap and um just their low body lotion and things of that nature on their face. And that's yeah. that can dry your face out if it's not good at all. So body soap we have a lot of different fragrances and things that are not good for the face. Exactly. Yeah, so so that's 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 really good. So tell us about your book, because you wrote a book about natural hair, right? So tell us how you got into that. Yes, absolutely. So for me, um, so I, I'll actually go back to my son. He's now five years old. Um, and I would say probably about maybe four years ago, he was a baby um, and he was having a lot of health issues. Um, and so I started being a label reader um, and I started transitioning everything in our home. So I transitioned our cleaning products. I transitioned our foods. I just was transitioning everything. But the one thing that I was really struggling with to transition is hair care products. So what I was finding for both me and my daughter is in the industry, it was so hard to find um, products that didn't have tons of chemicals and toxins and things in the ingredients for ethnic hair, right? A lot of times I could find it for the white folks, but I'm like, I can't do nothing with that for my hair. Um, right. And and so it just was such a struggle. Um, and it was, it was in a period where I was also um, transitioning my whole life. I always wore my hair straight. Um, it was always just a simple wrap. Um, my, I have a sister that's a hairstylist, so I never even like paid to get my hair done. We would just exchange services. I would wax her. She would uh, do my hair. Um, and so it was just easy. Um, but I noticed my daughter, like one day I was doing her hair and she was crying and crying. And she was like, mommy, I can't wait till I'm old enough to straighten my hair like you. And it's like, that cut me like a dagger. Cause I'm like, no, I mean, it's okay if you want to straighten your hair, but I don't want you to feel like, because mommy does it, I have to do it too. Um, and so at that point I said, you know what, I have to understand and learn my hair so that I can, um, so I can live up to what I'm telling her to do with her hair. Um, and so I, because I'm a researcher, I started doing a lot of investigation. So I tried, I looked up, um, you know, different products, things that I could make on my own. Um, and so at that point I decided, you know what, I think other people might benefit from this too. Um, so the book, it's called Kinky Locks, um, and it is a DIY recipe hair book. Um, so there's different recipes for, um, I make my own hair gels. I do a lot of apple cider vinegar rinses. Um, I found this was super, super helpful because my whole life I always suffered with like dry scalp and flakiness. (laughs) Um, and when I do these cider rinses, I don't have those issues anymore. Um, and I make my own hair mask and it just was refreshing because I'm like, I can go in the kitchen and I can put some things together, add a little oils and voila, you know, I have better products than what I could find in the store. Um, and so that's really what the book is a accumulation of recipes that, um, anybody can pick up and they can make on their own. Awesome. I think that's great because, A lot of times, you know, I know back in like 2010, 
somewhere in there is when natural hair really, really got big. And the bigger companies had to really start jumping on like a few years after that. Like people were going natural, but I mean, everybody was natural. Like 2010, 2011, Mm -hmm. it was like everybody was going natural. And we started to learn how bad those chemicals were for our hair. And so it wasn't a whole lot of brands at the time other than like Shea Moisture and a couple others where you could actually get products. And then like you had brands, like all the brands started creating products that were so-called for us. But if you read the ingredients, there weren't great ingredients, you know? Exactly. exactly. So it was targeted to us for natural hair, for curly, kinky, coily hair. Mm -hmm. But the ingredients were terrible. They still had a lot of those things that are not good for our hair. And so I think it's great that you made something that, um, made it simple just using some you know some oils and some things that you would have in your kitchen to uh you know to take care of your daughter's hair because one of the reasons why I went natural was because my hair I got tired of my edges breaking off Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and I tell you I've had edges ever since I've been natural yep I believe that but when I wasn't natural they was breaking off all this and it could have been the perms or whatever Mm -hmm. we were putting on it but I think um, a lot of times it's just was the lack of knowledge within the African-American community on even to now, I feel like there's hairstylists, right, who are licensed, but I don't think they really truly understand how to take care of their own hair, African-American hair. Because if you look at, you know how beauty school is they, to this day, the state boards is not geared towards our hair, it's geared towards, you know, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's not geared for, towards us. They still don't have it geared towards us. So it's not, it's, it's still like we're not a priority. So they don't even teach you how to properly cut our hair when, right. you take, when you get your license. So if you don't get some other training for someone who's maybe understands black hair, then you never really still never really learn how to properly take care of it. So we're still slapping chemicals on it and throwing weaves on it, still not really understanding our hair. Yep, that's so true. I want to, with that thought, I want to read this quote, or it's statistics, actually. Um, It said, in 2016, Black consumers spent over $2 billion on natural hair care products, but a study by the Environmental Working Group found that 70% of their products marketed to them actually contain dangerous carcinogenic ingredients, compared to only 40% of the products that were marketed for the general public. Wow. That's Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> so they try this girl. Right. <laughs> when I read that statistic, it blew my mind. Cause I'm like, they, they're specifically, well, I shouldn't say they're specifically targeting us, but if you're not reading your labels, according to them, it 70% of it is carcinogenic. So what they're saying is 70% of what you're putting in your hair, what you're putting on your body is at some point going to cause cancer. That's crazy to me. And so, so to me, we have to change that. I absolutely agree. And, um, and I think we've taken a step because a lot of us are going natural. A lot of us are trying to be more natural, but we still need to read labels because it seems like even though, like I said, I, I even knew 
a lot of times, you know, the first ingredient is alcohol and some other stuff. And you're like, okay, this isn't natural. Like, <laughs> like if you read the ingredients, it's safe for a natural hair. But if some of those ingredients are terrible that are in it. So we do have to be very uh, cautious with even buying stuff that is targeted to us. Because I think, you know, they understand that we're not buying perms as much yes. or, or some of the other chemicals. So they had to switch it up and so they switched up and now because before you couldn't find like every brand i mean l'oreal everybody has uh natural hair stuff now but before it wasn't that way exactly they had to ride the wave of what was popular right right and to your point though i feel like that also shows the power of consumers Mm -hmm. as a consumer we have the power to make the changes once we start adjusting. So just like you said, when people started going natural, it forced these big people to say, hey, okay, we're going to make products that are targeted directly to them. And it's the same way when it comes to ingredients. When we start reading those labels and demanding, no, I don't want alcohol or I don't want this in my products. They're going to be forced to make that change because for them, it's all about what, what is selling what are people buying right so we have the power uh uh, we just have to you know make be educated be able to make those decisions because i do feel like on that another scale some of us we just don't know for me there was a lot of stuff i just didn't know because i grew up a certain way thinking that certain things were okay are you behind filing prior years tax returns are you unsure of your tax deductions under the new tax law If this sounds like you, you need tax preparation experts who will assist you quickly and efficiently no matter where you are in the United States. Contact attorney Tanya Clark of CHC Business and Tax Solutions today at 248-802-5571 to handle your tax preparation needs. You can also visit our website at chcbts.com. That's chcbts.com. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Uh, Yeah, we just didn't know. A lot of us, our parents didn't even know how to take care of our hair or take care of their hair. And so we only did what we saw them do and it just was passed down. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that now we're not, we're more natural, but we still need to be careful with what, with what we're purchasing that is targeted towards us, especially if it has a lot of things that can cause cancer in it. Right. So I absolutely agree with that. So what do you think are some things that, you know, um, we can start doing? Do you think uh, people should start maybe just trying to get books like yours, create their own recipes, or what are some solutions for that? Absolutely. I, I, and honestly, I, I would rather a person Google recipes and make their own stuff than give money towards these companies that aren't, um, being more considerate of their ingredients and thinking about some of those things. And so that's why for me, a lot of my education, honestly, you can go on YouTube and find a lot of what I'm discussing um, because I feel like it's a movement. And again, when we have more people move in that direction, then it's going to affect real change. Um, So yes, things like the book are going to be helpful. Get online, get you some information um, and and start little. I I do feel like sometimes too, we, um, oh, I'm going to throw out everything in the cabinet. And then now you're like, well, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I don't got nothing. (laughs) Right. So start slow. You know, it might be just something simple like, oh, when you run out of this product, then you're going to replace it with something better. And, And it's trial and error because 
I remember when I first went natural, I would be watching all these tutorials. I'd be getting all these products and then I'd do my hair and I didn't look nothing like the rest of those people, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so it might take some time, but it's going to be worth it in the long run because then also not only are you setting better patterns for yourself, but now you're going to set better patterns for your children and, and generations to come. Um, so start small. Um, honestly, like I said, even if you just start by Googling some information, um, it's all out there. It really is. Yeah, I think, I think, um, that is absolutely true. And I think it's a great thing what you have done and I'll make sure I include that information in the show notes, but you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I know you have several things in, in addition to DNA wellness, you also have oil city squad. Now what is oil city squad? Yes, yes, yes. So Oil City Squad, it actually um, is a community that I have. um, And it's different entrepreneurs and different uh, business owners from different walks of life that we all kind of come together. Um, All of us, though, our baseline is wellness and health. So um, that's kind of our common ground that we're all looking for, you know, better solutions for our families, for our clients, for business, whatever it might be. Um, But in my um, Oil City Squad organization, I have chefs, I have um, real estate agents, I have um, people that own different like painting companies and things like that. Um, So I love it though, because it brings a little bit of personality from all different walks of life. Um, And yet there's ways that we can all kind of support each other. Um, So my biggest mission is to shine the light on other people. Um, a lot of times I've been a part of organizations and, and it's been great for networking. It's been great for connecting with new people, but it's never really about each individual person. It's kind of about the organization, right? Like you don't get a chance to showcase what you do. Um, so what we try to do on a monthly basis is like, let's say, you know, your company, you know, you guys, um, I have a particular person that she has a painting company where they go and they have paint parties, kind of like painting with a twist, but it's mobile and they come to you. So it's like this month, we're going to showcase your company. And so all of us are going to have a, you know, painting party, right? Um, That way it supports her. It supports her business. It gets her out there. And there might be other people in the organization that maybe work for different corporations where this might be a good fit for them too. Uh, down the line. Um, so really that's what it is. It's a networking group. Um, and it's all about just really supporting and empowering each other. Awesome. So it's almost like a mastermind for health and wellness and, and different things of that nature. So that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And you guys, uh, support each other within the group, like support each other's businesses. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And then we have like a directory where like, again, if you need resources or you're looking for somebody in a particular field, and if we have somebody that's there, you can go find them and you can use their services as well. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to get that information from you so I can share it. If if that's something that you share with publicly for sure. So what's my entrepreneur? So, so it actually is my, my children's company. So, so, so one of the, so I homeschool and one of the reasons I chose to homeschool is I wanted to have um, a foundation for my children uh, to be comfortable with doing whatever it might be. 
I felt like when I was in school, I was put in a box and I didn't fit the box. And then it was like, when I graduated, it was like, what do you do now? And so I want my children to have all types of options. Um, I'll never forget, I heard uh, a man speak and he talked about, we tell our kids they can be whatever they want to be, but do they see us doing that? So wow. Yeah, isn't that powerful? So, mm-hmm. so we tell them, oh, you can, you, you can run a company and you can do this and you can do that. But they're like, but mommy, you work at, you know, for whoever. Like, so, so that was something that I started for them so that they could start their own entrepreneur um, businesses. And so everything falls under that. So my daughter, she makes like bracelets. Um, she, she always has such creative ideas. Uh, you know, like for her, she doesn't get allowance. She's like, no, I have a business, right? So, so, oh, yep. Yeah, so, so entrepreneurs is really my kids company, um, where they sell just different crafts and things like that. Awesome. Awesome. So you're starting them off young, huh? Yes. yes, yes. Start their own business. Well, that's great. Well, I think it's awesome because you are an entrepreneur yourself and they get to see you, um, operating some of your different businesses. So I know you offer training courses. Can you share a little bit of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, everything baseline goes back to my, my love and passion as an esthetician. Um, so what I was finding and even, um, one of the spas that I worked at, um, they had lots and lots of massage therapists, but they only had two estheticians. Um, and what I would find is people would look at aesthetics as, oh, it's this luxury or, oh, they didn't really see the purpose. Um, but my thing was once I get you in my hands, you're going to love what we do. <laughs> so um, I did a lot of um, promoting myself, marketing, um, getting in front of you know other people's clients and things like that. But a lot of the skills that I learned um, as the aesthetics in that particular spa grew, I was able to teach to other estheticians. Um, so I was the head esthetician there, and we did a lot of education pieces too in order for people to understand and appreciate why they needed to get facials, why they needed to do certain things, and why it was more a necessity than just simply a luxury. Um, and so as I was able to grow that in that spa, I noticed that it was something that was missing in a lot of salons and spas where people get really, really good at their craft and they perfect it and they're amazing. But if nobody's coming through the doors, like how is that really going to benefit anything? Um, So what I really focus on in my courses and in my one-on-one coaching is the business aspect of uh, beauty. Um, So I teach a lot about um, different ways to market. Um, One thing that I talk a lot about is the five senses. Like when people come into your salon or spa, do they get to experience all five senses? What do they smell? What do they touch? What do they hear? Because some Sometimes it can be simple stuff like your front desk, all they do is gossip and they're off-putting to people when they come in. You could be doing an amazing job in the back, but you don't know what's going on up front. Or it could be simple stuff like people don't know where to park, right? So you're used to it because that's where you work. But when was the last time you walked in the footsteps of a client? Like how hard is it to book you? How hard is it to find you? Um, And some of these things, again, when we're so into our craft, we don't think about the business and the experience for other people. Um, Another big thing that I teach on is social media. Um, That's another thing that 
sometimes you be online and you see these salons and you see these spas and then you walk up to it and you be like, this is not what I saw online. <laughs> like, uh, showing me the same thing. I love it. Um, you're speaking when you all in my lane, Dana. Yes. I love this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so again, it's so important that people know how you present yourself in all walks of life, right? Like make sure you're presenting yourself when people come in through the door, present yourself online. Um, and really right now, a lot of people, they're, they're moving towards convenience, right? So a lot of people, they want to just go online and book you real quick. If I got a call, you, I'm probably not going to make that appointment. Or, you know, they might, because your um, Instagram feed looks a certain way, they're like, okay, she seemed cool. I'm going to try her out, right? So, again, a lot of these marketing pieces, you know, that, that's not what we learn. We, we just learn how to be good at what we do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, that's what I bring into different salons and spas to just help navigate where they might be missing some of those pieces and helping them to kind of put that together. Awesome. I think this is great. I mean, this is the reason why I started my events in this platform is because a lot of times people don't understand how to operate in business. And it could just be those simple things. Like you said, you know, what people see and what they hear and how, how your appearance is and how you approach people. And I've seen people that didn't have proper etiquette on social media, you know, very almost rude and mm -hmm. almost kind of entitled, you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And, um, and so I've, I've been, I've had people kind of come up to me rude. They may have a lot of clients. They may be very great at what they do, but their personality was very nasty and rude. And it was like, okay, I would never go to her. Exactly. And a lot of people just don't understand how they actually turn people off by the simple things about what people see, the type of things you're posting on your social media. Like I see the girl, she did some, some awesome brows, but the whole time she was doing the brows on her uh, Instagram, some terrible language music was playing in the background. Yes. And I was I was like, I don't want to get, listen to that while she's doing my brows. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. So I would never go to her because I wouldn't want to hear, if that's what she played while she doing brows, that's not relaxing at all. Exactly. That's not exactly. Yep. Yes. So while her work was impeccable, I would never go to her. Right. Because, and the reality is people have options. Like, uh -huh. you got to remember, like, yeah, you're talented. Yeah, you're good. But so is you know, Susie Cook Q over here, you know what I mean? Like, so, so understand, like, there has to be something about you that stands out. There has to be something a little bit edgy, a little bit different that it's like, okay, yes, this is why I keep going. And that's why I always talk about that experience. It's all about the experience, right? I'm going to go the extra mile to pay a little bit more for my eyebrows if it's relaxing, if mm -hmm. it's memorable if there's something different about your service versus the next person's service. I love it. You know, I actually was talking, I'm trying to see if I could find it. It was someone who is actually a listener of the uh, podcast and they were asking me a question, you know, like just, I was just trying to get some feedback for what people would like to hear on the podcast. And the question she posed to me was, you know, she, she's an esthetician as well. So she was trying to figure out, and I wanted to see if I can ask you this, this question. She said that I would like to know how to convince a client that my products are better for her than what she is using and also how to convince them how beneficial it is for a facial. 
And um, in her area, she said um, massage is uh, mainstream, but not facials. Okay. So, um, well, I, I actually told her, you know, she has to separate herself and different things like that. But what advice would you give this esthetician? Yeah, I love that. So, so I would definitely say, um, like, like you're saying, she has to separate herself. And then if they're coming for massage, you need to incorporate a lot of that in their experience, even in the facial. So what I mean by that is, you know, that your number one priority is to get their face and their skin clear in the way it should be. But because you know, they enjoy massage, incorporate some extra massage into your facial. That way it connects them what they already are comfortable with, used to, or enjoy. So one thing that I would do in a massage driven uh, spa that I used to work in is I would actually do foot massages on my clients while masks were sitting on their face. And the only reason I would do that is because again, they're coming because they enjoy massage so much. So I want even their whole facial experience to almost feel like a massage, but with my aesthetics touch. And what I found when I would do this is it would really help connect those people. And, and when they saw, because with the facials, they're going to see results. When you're using high quality products, they're going to see the results. They're going to feel their face. They're going to see that it's a difference. And even when they go home and after that glow is gone and they go back to using what they was using, they're like, man, I don't know what's been going on with my face. And they go, remember, oh yeah, I got that facial, <laughs> right? Um, so, so that would be my biggest advice. Incorporate some of the things that you know they already enjoy, already are coming for and upgrade that experience. I love it. I think that is awesome. I think that's some great advice. Yeah. I think, and, and um, but t- tap into this as well because I know you talk about the five senses, the social media, and um, and the market and all of that, and that's something that you teach. But in, in the beauty industry, there it's a very attractive industry. Everyone is thinks they want to get into this industry. Not everyone, but it is very. There's a lot of people to do hair. There's a lot of people to do makeup. There's a lot of people that, that are estheticians. And even more so than it was when I graduated in 2007 from aesthetics. You know, like, it's a, it's a growing industry. So that means there's a lot of competition. You know, there's a lot, like, like you said, they have choices. So can you give us a couple of ways? Now, that was a great, great advice for that esthetician. But what's a couple of ways someone in the beauty industry could stand out um, in a crowded market where there's so many people doing the same thing that you do? So again, um, I think posture is going to be very key too. Um, I don't believe in like fake it till you make it, but I do feel like it is important to have a certain posture. Um, appreciate the value that you bring to a person and respect what they're looking for. Um, people are going to gravitate to you if they know, okay, this person is confident. Like they're coming in, they know what they're doing. They're educated. Um, they want the best for me. Um, and they're looking out for me. Um, another piece to that, and this might sound kind of contradicting, but instead of looking at other people as competition, I say collaborate with them. So if there's more of us, it's more powerful. Right. So 
maybe that person next door is also an esthetician and they're struggling to get some clients too. So partner with them, do an event together and, and draw in people from who you know and who they know and, and make it more of a collaboration where now again, aesthetics is become normal. More people are doing it. More people are comfortable because I really do feel like even in the aesthetics world, um, kind of like you were saying earlier, there's certain things that you might gravitate to a little bit more. So yeah, maybe you're an esthetician, but maybe you don't really care that much about waxing, right? Maybe you really enjoy the makeup and you really enjoy doing the facials, but that other esthetician down the street, she loves waxing and she don't know how to put on makeup to save your life, right? So partner with her, partner with other people so that then again, now you got all these skills flowing and people are like, oh wow, but she... And they're getting a good experience from everywhere, right? Because they're like, well, she's really good at waxing. She wasn't that great at waxing anyways. That's why I didn't go back, right? But she can do some makeup, right? So I honestly feel like even though it might sound like it contradicts itself, partner and collaborate. Like, don't act like we're all on separate teams. I really do feel like there's enough room at the table for everybody. Um, but we do have to grow the knowledge of this practice, this field, and help people appreciate um, what it can bring to them. Oh, I love that. You don't hear that too often either, to collaborate. And you don't see that. I think so many times, and especially in the beauty industry, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by, you know, people that do the same thing that they do. Or if they get around other estheticians or other makeup artists or other hairstylists, they're afraid to share anything. Or if I tell you too much, then this, you know, um, I think that's a great thing. Your only competition is yourself. And so you just have to be better than you were yesterday and worry about you. But it's, but if you feed off of each other's strengths and collaborate, that is wonderful. And that's something, Dana, that I say, um, you don't hear too often, (laughs) you know? Yes. You don't, you don't hear that too often. But I think that's some great advice. And I think that's something that this industry should look more into. And those were definitely some great nuggets. Awesome. Awesome. So what are you excited about right now, Dana? Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm just excited. Like 2020, I said, so it's my year of Evolve. So I'm all about evolution in myself. Um, and collaboration. Like I'm all about, like, I want to partner with any and everybody that's like, let's go up. (laughs) Like, and it's funny because, and I, and I really feel like that's why Oil City Squad became so much my baby because it's like, I don't care what, you know, arena you're in. It used to be, I only focused, of course, in the beauty industry because that's where, that's where I am. Right. But I'm like, man, there's passionate people in all types of industries. And a lot of times what I would find, a lot of these people felt alone, like um, especially um, in the African-American community, I would talk to these chefs and they're like, well, I'm the only one in my you know, arena. Or I would talk to um, real estate agents and they're like, yeah, I'm the only one in my arena. And so I'm like, well, let's be together then, even though we're in different arenas, you know what I mean? Um, so that's what I'm the most excited about. I'm just excited about like partnering with people um, and being able to uplift one another because I really feel like we can go so much further when we do it together. Good stuff. Good stuff. So how do you define success? How do I define success? Um, honestly, I feel like it's all about impact. 
um, what impact do I leave on other people when I'm with them? Um, for me as a mother, I think my greatest um, success is going to be the impact I can live, leave on my children. So for me, it's making them better than what I am, <laughs> you know, whatever that looks like for them. Um, and I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay if they want to go work at a corporation. I'm okay if they want to be an entrepreneur. I'm okay with as long as to me, they have been impacted enough by my actions that they want to do more and they want to do more when it comes to impacting other people as well. Um, I feel like in this world, unfortunately, there's so much judgment. Um, there's so much um, negativity that um, we don't think about, well, how does a person feel when they leave my presence? How does a person feel um, when they experience my services or whatever it is? Because a lot of times we're so focused on survival or so focused on ourselves that we miss, you know, to me, the meaning of life is all about, you know, who can you affect? Who can you help um, in that impact? Great, great. So what is your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now? Ooh, that's a hard one. I love, love, love books. I can't even tell you. <laughs> but I would say, okay, so one of the most recent ones that I read and absolutely love is actually Lynchpin by Seth Godin. Are you familiar with that one? No, I'm not. Okay. Okay. So Lynchpin, um, I really like this one because one of his biggest messages in it is that pretty much we were all born artists. And one thing he says in it that I love is he's like, not art, not all artists can draw. And that was powerful for me because growing up, I always wanted to be an artist. Like anytime we would have career day or anything like that, I'm like, oh, I want to be an artist. I want to be an artist. But I never really necessarily, I mean, I could paint a little, I could draw a little bit, but I wouldn't say like, I was just like, you know, the best painter and the best drawer or whatnot. But I always had like forward thinking and vision. And it's like my art looked a little bit different. Um, and what I like he talks about in that book is um, we have been trained by society to become pongs or to fit in certain molds and to tame down some of our creative thoughts and ideas and to fit a certain place. And, and granted, some people do better in boxes, right? It, it, I wouldn't say, you know, everything is for everyone, but the majority of us were told, even when we go to school, what time you need to sit down, when you need to sit down, where you need to sit down, and, you know, when you need, when you want to go to the bathroom, ask your teacher, and, you know, it's so structured where it's like you lose who you are. And when you go years and years like that, it's like, well, well what, what is really in your heart? What are your passions and things like that? So I like that book because it really takes you back to becoming the artist. It takes you back to um, who were you when you were a child and um, revigorating those aspects of your personality and bringing that to the world. Um, because according to him, things are shifting, right? Like, so we are in a technology age where it really is the people that are going to stand out are the artists. They're, they're the ones that are creating things um, that are getting ahead because um, jobs are, you know, they're, they're changing. They're, they're really changing. Awesome. I think that's great. I definitely got to check that one out. 
So what is your favorite tool that you use in your business, either like app or, uh, you know, software? What's your favorite tool you use in business? Ooh, software. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, maybe I would say probably like things like we're using right now, like Zoom video chat and things like that. Um, I would say I use them quite often because that's how I connect with most of my people. A lot of the things that I do is online. I do a lot of online coaching, a lot of online um, tools. Um, so most of the time with like Zoom, I can have my PowerPoints up. I can show people information and things like that. So I would say that's probably one of the ones that I use and utilize the most. Um, it's nice too, because I also have people that are in other countries that I work with. Um, and so it's also a tool that they can use and we can connect. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess I would say that. Yeah, I love it too. There's no wrong answer there. <laughs> I love it too. Well, David, it's been absolutely awesome chatting with you today. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I wish you the absolute best in your business. And I want you to share how they can reach you. Just share your website and how everybody can reach you online. I'll definitely leave all of that in the show notes as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So my website, it's uh, DNA Wellness co co.com um so really all of my resources all of my information is there that's going to be probably the best way to get a touch with me and contact with me um i also do a lot on like instagram on instagram i'm oily hair boss um and a lot of my education and information is also on youtube um and on youtube it's dna wellness Awesome. Dana Mott, everybody. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dana. And that's all we have for you today. And as always, stay great. And we are out. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.